We would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we have returned. Well, we've only returned partly. Alton is not with us yet again. Um, But in his stead, we have Matthew, the other crew. All I'm going to say is nobody has seen Alton and me at the same time in the same place. That's it. That has to do with a restraining order. The Quiet. other Krebs. I think that's his new that's his new name. The other Krebs. The other Krebs. Hi, <laughs> I'm the host Daniel. This is my co-host Krebs and my other co-host Krebs. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite as good as the original. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, I am the original. <laughs> I'm the improvement. Go on, Daniel. Uh, you Krebs 2.0. Yeah, you know this 2.0 is always better than the original. All right. Anyways, so with that, folks. Uh, we have a wonderful guest on this evening. Uh, she has been on before. Uh, when a she was year on ago, almost to the day. Really? It's been a year? It was April 9th of last year. Holy crap. Oh, goodness gracious. That, that's, yeah, that's been a year. Um, we talked about uh, the exciting Kickstarter at that point, which funded more than sufficiently. Yes. And she's back to talk about another Kickstarter, oh, which is called Mother Tales of Love and Terror, which sounds like my childhood. Um, (laughs) Most people's childhood, really. Yeah, yeah. That's why we thought it was such a great idea because mothers are so, like, innately terrifying. You know, (laughs) like, they have... They have so much power over your life. And I, for a long, you know, for most of your youth, at least, you think your mom knows things that she shouldn't know. Like she can read minds and she can see through walls and she knows. Or she has a lie. baseball bat, you know. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Right. So anyway, yeah. So we're excited about it. So it's going to be, it's great. It's doing really well. It's almost 70% funded and we still have over two weeks left. So hopefully nice. we'll make some big, big bucks. Now, the great thing is, I mean, especially even with the, the last Kickstarter, you had some really good names. You still had, it was mm-hmm. open to submissions and it sounded like you mm-hmm. just were flooded with those. Um, and I mean, let's face it, horror has been there. It's been part of humanity forever. It was a huge deal in the, ro- the romantic era. That's why we got great novels like Frankenstein and so many other uh, stories and we're we're fascinated with the dark and the macabre and that we like to get our pants scared and yeah I mean, that's why we have haunted I was houses. wondering where you were going with that yeah <laughs> i mean i like to get my pants scared off, yeah, scared off. Um, i like to i like to get my, like, my pants scared on i like to just get my pants scared generally it yeah the true. number of times that i've been in, in an emergency and my first thought was i gotta get these pants off like, <laughs> that's you no know, magic mike you know he does his thing he grabs his pants and... well i'm not a wizard daniel i know Hey Daniel, um, wait, 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 wait. We're getting, we're getting, we're starting to get like, we're starting to get like deep into some topics here. But wait, Daniel, there are a yes. couple of things that are very, very important. First oh, and crap. foremost, there first is. and foremost, you gotta go to news. Willow is not a Heather. Now yes. we also oh. have. He's <laughs> not a Heather. True. I'm not a, Heather. not a Heather. In the absence of Alton, for the rest of the night, Matthew will be calling you Heather, and then I will creep in and say, not a Heather. And then we will go on from there, okay? that That's not the game we will play from now, because I already did the Willow game last time, so we have to do a different game this Fine. time. So but, are we going to count? We're going to count, see how many we can squeeze in. I Maybe. We should keep a running tally. No one can I see it because so. it's a podcast. That's right. Yeah. All right. You start throwing out other well, games. Well, let's test it out. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Not a Heather. <laughs> and, then, and then Daniel goes, there we go. and then Daniel goes, ding. <laughs> That's one. Dang it. That's I don't have a, a bell or anything. <laughs> I, I bet know. you if you hurry and download something on your phone, you can get something. I want Ding. him to like, I want him to keep track in like a tennis voice. And that is one nothing. And then <laughs> there one we thing. go. <laughs> All right. I All love right. it. But we do have, we have nerd news, which we actually skipped uh, last week, I believe, because we, we did. had so much to talk about anyway. It didn't really matter. But yeah. uh, we do have some nerd news today. And I think 
in honor of Matthew rejoining us yet again, uh, I think it would be wonderful for Matthew to take this away and tell us his nerd news. Matthew, go! We're, we're going right. to go to the other Krebs for nerd news. Other Krebs. Other Krebs. Right, this is, <laughs> other this Krebs. is the other Krebs news network. Uh, so some of you may be familiar with the card game Exploding Kittens. Woo-hoo. I've got some good news for you. Netflix has ordered an animated series based on Exploding Kittens. I'm surprised PETA isn't all over this one. Yeah. <laughs> Do we really uh, want to kittens explode? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Just wait. Um, just wait. CETA. We, CETA is against this. Cartoons for the ethical treatment of animals. Okay. <laughs> okay there you go. Uh, so Exploding Kittens follows the eternal conflict between heaven and hell as it reaches epic proportions when both God and the devil are sent to earth in the bodies of chunky house cats. Oh, they're so cute. So, so Netflix must must be listening to this podcast. They have taken Krebs's advice to be epic uh, with their exploding kitten series. <laughs> my my only worry is they're gonna suck. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be cool, and they're gonna say, "Yeah, we cancel after a season." Um, if they do it like Happy Tree Friends, I don't know if you guys ever saw Happy Tree. Oh, Friends. Oh, I loved Happy Tree. It was Friends. the most... everything fell off. It was cut off. Yeah, it was. It was an utterly cutesy adorable cartoon that didn't that then turned into like a massacre that was macabre like it was just they would do everything unexpected and it was like horrifyingly violent if they do it like that then there's some pot there's some possible look it up on the internet i think you're the devil in the shape of a and then you see this ice pick go through someone's skull yeah (laughs) the eyeballs dangling well I bought it. I bought the DVD when I worked at Suncoast, not knowing what it was, and I took it home and I watched it, and having having never seen any of it before and had no idea what it was, and then and then the the massacre starts. I'm just oh, and I bought every DVD after that. that I could find. Oh it was fantastic. Awesome. Like Night of the Living Dead cartoons. Well, in other news, uh, Vin Diesel has uh, just released on uh twitter i believe um the logo for the next fast and furious movie it's going to be fast x they are doing two movies they are going to film two more movies they're filming them back to back and these are going to bring to an end the major story arc now as we have seen with hobbs and shaw that does not mean the franchise is over it just means the main story arc Vin Diesel is not quite as young as he was uh, back oh, when they were shot. stealing VCRs or something in the first <laughs> and, movie. And they, had, and they had plans for a burner on a floppy disk. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they're so, still making these movies. You've the got to movie. realize how old the franchise is. I mean, the what last one, they start? shot a car into space. I mean, I know, oh, they've already right. shot the car into space. So I, I really hope, I'll be very disappointed if by the last movie that nobody has jumped a shark. You've got to jump over a shark tank. No, 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 no. This is what has to happen in, in, in 10. A DeLorean shows up. <laughs> Doc Brown coming out of it. We gotta save him. We gotta get in. Uh, uh, to answer uh, your question, I love it. Uh, to answer your question, the first movie came out in two thousand one. Yeah. Oh, that's so long ago. Okay. Twenty-one years. Years ago. Yeah, it came out just before nine. It came out like in the summer before nine eleven. Yeah, the summer before nine eleven. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's crazy. So they have just started filming. Um, I believe this was within the last. Uh, yeah, today. Uh, he, they post, he posted today that, uh, oh, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be a few days hence. Yeah. So uh, earlier this week, around April 20th, uh, they started, it was the first day of shooting on Fast X. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I hate to say this, but once they're done, I think the series is over because Hobbs and Shaw did not do very well. No. Um, well, and that's what they're aiming for with this. Like, like they announced, I think, with the previous Fast and Furious movie that this that they were going to do two more and call it quits. And I'm like, but that's eleven. Yeah. Like, why would you stop at eleven? <laughs> other other series only go to ten. This one goes to eleven. No, that's um, what I was gonna say. <laughs> but I, I want like an even dozen. I want like a dirty dozen of Fast and Furious. Here's we're the gonna thing. get it. Here's we're gonna thing. get it. Like I I avoided the Fast and Furious movies for years, for at least for at least ten years. I own every one of them. 
I, I, no, no, I, my story's not done. Um, I avoided them because I was so concerned about preserving my IQ. But then, <laughs> but then one day I was seriously bored. I didn't have anything else I really wanted to watch. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this Fast and Furious thing a try. And sure enough, not only did it make me dumber, but it also was awesome. And I loved it. And I thought Fast Five was the best one. Fast number five was the, just incredible. Um, that's when they jumped the shark as they that, dragged a vault. <laughs> that was the one I think that you introduced me to the series. And then I had to go back and catch up on, on watch all the other ones as well. So that was that was you lowering my IQ, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had to bring you down. <laughs> I had to bring you down to my level. Um, I'm, guys, PG-13 warning here. I'm going to say something a little tongue in cheek. I describe these kinds of movies as they are designed to make your testicles explode. Like that's all they're for. They're just, it's a, it's yes. a super shot. It's yeah. A yeah. Flip. yeah. Willow, didn't your directly. testicles explode when you watched these movies? They, they did. They descended. Actually. They descended. <laughs> and then my husband was like, what is happening? Uh, you know, like, in I your case, in your case, we refer to them as broveries, but anyway, oh, yes. Broveries. Broveries. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matthew, any, uh, I, by the way, uh, other Krebs, uh, it's just okay. No. Uh, all right. So okay. Uh, Dang, okay. you are salty tonight. I am Ooh. on it. It's just for the entertainment effect. Here's the truth, folks. My brother and I are like best friends. So there's there's no hate. There's no hate. We don't have like the sibling rivalry thing. It's not real. But we certainly do love each other and love telling jokes at each other's expense. Um, other Krebs. So any other news? That's the news from the Other Krebs Network today. Fantasgreat. Daniel, you want to hit us up with some good news? Sure. I mean, um, I mean, I'm kind of running in the same uh, realm with Matthew, but uh, Amazon Studios is actually uh, in a bidding war to acquire the live action rights for a Voltron film, oh, not man, a cartoon, yes. a live action. Voltron. Whoa! I am a hundred percent in. Yeah, with Ro Ross and Marshall uh, Thurber to set to direct. Which, come on. That's going to be awesome. Can, can I just reiterate that the live, the reboot of Power Rangers, that film that came out like seven years ago or mm -hmm. something like that? Yeah. Um, that movie was horribly underappreciated. That movie was actually yeah. really good and would have made a great trilogy had people shown up to the box office. And I'm hoping. No, I still. Brian I, I liked it a lot. Yeah. It has I like Brian Cranston, but not in that movie. Yeah. Well, and Elizabeth Smart, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Amy, mm, Elizabeth, Banks. Elizabeth Banks. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. Very I always get Elizabeth Banks different. and Amy Smart mixed up, and then I say their names together. Oh, and then you got that. Um, uh, yeah, along, so go ahead. So along those lines of great cartoons being made into live-action movies, um, there was another uh, effort similarly several years ago. There's a, a Japanese anime called Space Battleship Yamato, <laughs> and it was called Star Blazers when it was originally brought over in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, they made a live-action version of that that is so much like the cartoon. It is just amazing. And it's the entire cartoon series squeezed down to about 90 minutes. Uh, but it, I, if they can pull off with this Voltron live action, what they did with that one, it's going to be great. I mean, I mean they awesome. did the same thing with Cowboy Bebop. I mean, it yeah. was... Yeah, yeah, yeah Cowboy Bebop failed and got canceled. Well, it, it Because failed. the internet sucks. It's just... It was a, a copy. I it, They would have made it a little bit newer with added some additional stuff. I think it would have been better, but it was it's an exact copy. Yeah. Um, does it say when the the potential Voltron no. live action film? No, there it probably won't get a date until they acquire it. It's still in a bidding. Oh, there's still, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, other news: Hasbro has big plans for Dungeons and Dragons, more oh, films, Hasbro. and video games. Uh, oh. They actually did extremely well this last quarter. Um, brought in lots of money, and because of that, uh, you know, D and D and Magic are bring in lots of joy for the Hasbro execs. So they have lots of plans of moving forward from the games to other media. Uh, we're going to, there's going to be a TV series. There's going to be movies uh, and other things in the works and, and triple a games. Um, so, I mean, most D and D games have been kind of boring on the video game front, but we'll see that. Nice. The uh, deciding factor in whether I'll watch that series is the absence or presence of a Wayans brother. 
You know, as long as any were good. Even, okay. even Jeremy Irons is the bad guy. Can't say that. All right. As long as there's no Wayans brothers, then I'll, I'll give it a chance. Yeah. You, you, but you don't want, you don't want, uh, which one was it that played in that movie? Marlon. Marlon. You don't want Marlon to come back as like the sympathetic ghost that helps everybody at the end? Or, or oh let alone the, the really horrible, um, weird rug that sucked them in. And yeah. Or the fact that Jimmy Olsen was the, the rogue. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's all I can ever see that actor as. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, if you haven't already seen it, the Thor Love and Thunder uh, teaser has hit. It hit yesterday. Pretty dang awesome. You get to see uh, a really buff um, Natalie Portman, which, wow. For the and, record, I am purposely avoiding the trailer uh, because I don't want awesome. to know. I already know some stuff just by word yeah. of mouth, but I don't want to know. Yep. And then Lucasfilm is developing a new Star Wars game with Uncharted director Amy Henning. So, yeah. What? Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh I did see today. Um, and it's it's uh, Skybound. Skybound yep. is the one doing it. Not, not Naughty Dog. But Skybound was behind... Oh, I want to say it was the uh, Golden Abyss title. But um, Skybound did do an Uncharted game. And Annie... Hennig, uh, she wrote and assistant directed uh, the first two Uncharted games. Mm -hmm. I want to say she was involved in three, but I don't remember. And in four, she was already gone. But Annie Hennig is amazing. So this is going to be a narrative-driven action-adventure game featuring an original story. So something never done before. So we'll see what happens. So We shall see. It'll be exciting. We shall see. Yes. Awesome. And then uh, for my little tidbits of news, and they really are just small tidbits this time, but the Batman, a movie that we loved, and we still have to get Elton's read on, by the way, the Batman is now on HBO Max, uh, a streaming service that my wife and I lovingly refer to as. I've already watched it twice this week. I know. I've I've wanted to watch it 18 times this week and just haven't, but... um, the Batman has dropped on Hobo. It came out on April 18th. So if you have not yet watched it, then either grab a friend who has a, a Hobo account, start your free trial, or just buy one month because it's worth the six bucks or whatever it is to watch The Batman, which is a phenomenal detective comics film. I, I have said it on the podcast. It is now my favorite Batman film. It, it Despite is. Robert Pattinson. And Robert Pattinson's not bad. No, he did a great job. No, he did a great uh, job. But I didn't want to go see it because of Sparkly Vampires. Um, but he did a great job. And yeah. it's my favorite. Uh, the game, there's a PS4 game. Actually, I take that back. It's on PlayStation and Xbox. Uh, Xbox One and X and PS4 and 5. There's a game called It Takes Two, which is a brilliant film, a uh, brilliant game that requires, requires two players you don't have an npc you can't play it solo you have to play it with someone else and the entire game is not only about cooperation but it's about relationship it's about human interaction and connectivity uh that game is excellent my wife and i are playing through it my kids already played it together and finished it so we have to catch up but apparently they're turning that into a movie which is being executive produced by Dwayne the rock johnson Hey, hold on a second, so, hold on a second. Everybody all together now. It takes two to make things go right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a deep cut. That's that was awesome. commitment. Uh, yeah, it takes two Ryan to Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds does that best. If we can find that clip from the proposal and stick it in here in the podcast, perfect. Well, it's better than from the ceiling from the ceiling to the walls. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, it takes two. Now I'll be honest with you, like even though I think the game is phenomenal, the thing that makes the game phenomenal is that it's an experience that you're part of. Mm-hmm. And turning this into a movie, I I'm a little skeptical that this will translate well, but 
I have to say, The Rock has done some pretty cool stuff in recent history, so uh, I guess it's worth keeping our eyes on. And this last little bit of news is mostly just for me, but uh, for those who don't know, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I'm a huge fan of The Division 2 on PlayStation or on Xbox or on PC, whatever you want to play that on. But The Division 2 is great because I love the cooperative nature of the game. Now, this game is reaching the end of life, but they do have one more world update coming out, title update 15, and it comes with a new game mode, a few new exotics, a new gear set, a new brand set. They're injecting a little more life back into this game. And the funny thing is my my buddy and I, uh, we were we were kind of hopping around trying to find a game that we wanted to play together, including some new stuff like Back for Blood. But uh, nothing really nothing really like clicked with us. And then we're like, well, what if we what if we went back to Division Two and just started over from scratch? I'm like, that sounds like fun. And we were right. That game, even now in 2022, I think it's four years old now, something like that. Uh, that game is so stinking enjoyable, especially with friends. If you haven't played that, please do. A new title update is coming. We don't know when, but it should be this year, as well as the hotly anticipated D The Division Heartland, which is going to be a free-to-play title. Anyway, that wraps up our nerd news, and it only took us twice as long as we normally take. <laughs> only oh, twice. Bad. Only oh, twice. Bad. It's all the other Krebs' fault. <laughs> It's all my fault. Now, now, Heather, you realize this. Not a Heather. Just, just for your benefit, of course. Normally, it's Alton's fault. So. <laughs> oh, that's too. That's right. <laughs> that's right. If I get to ten, do I get like a punch card or like a free meal or? Maybe you get and, free... and the other the other Krebs will pay. <laughs> all right. You get a free. You get a free if, Heather. If we get to ten, you get to punch Krebs. Yay! <laughs> well played. As a well played. real punch card, I'm into that. <laughs> well played. Boom. Uh, there's the punchline. Anyways, but, but I'm an old dad, so I only give pun cards. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> More like I punk just, cards. I just died on the inside. I just died. My soul is. Matthew likes now. to watch people die on the outside. You no, know, the this best is part is this is this is the other Krebs' last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Well, die on the outside is rather uh, apropos, and what a great segue into what Heather is here for tonight. No, not a Heather. Not Heather. My name is Willow. Her name it's is Willow. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Those of you that know, yes, it's Willow Becker. Uh, fantastic, fantastic, uh, wonderful individual that lets us apparently call her Heather and other things. <laughs> not a Heather. Not a, wow, I just got a point. Uh, <laughs> Good job, guys. We will never get anywhere on this show tonight. Nope. Uh, anyways, we're yeah. talking about the Kickstarter, Mother Tales of Love and Horror. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about this amazing Kickstarter you're doing. Well, uh, yeah, this is our second Kickstarter. Our, uh, last year, we came on and talked about humans are the problem. And of course, I'm wearing my cool humans are the problem shirt, which you can't see, but is awesome. Uh, and uh, it was great. It, we doubly funded last year. It was super, super cool. We got all of the books out, um, even though I had some kind of major health problems. So um, as soon as I was done with getting all the books out, I was like, should I do another book? And then I did. <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah, I called up a bunch of the people that we had in the last book. And then I called up a bunch of really cool new people. And so the book uh, has just this phenomenal cast of writers right now. Like it's really crazy because these are all my favorite, right? Like my favorite writers, like of horror. I didn't get Stephen King or Joe Hill, so that's still on my list. But uh, I got Brian Evanson, and so I'm I'm feeling pretty happy about that. Nice. But anyway, no. like it's just it's really really amazing. Like just fan fantastic writers, and um, the stories are fantastic already, and it's it's just awesome. If any listeners out there know Stephen King, contact us so we can get yeah contact let, with, with let us know so we can get yeah. him on the show. We need to get. <laughs> Just get him on in, to write a short story. This would be amazing. I know. That would be so great. Actually, uh, he's one of those like white whales and everybody who is writing horror anthologies wants him in yeah. their book. I know. And so it was like, uh, like I don't know, four months ago and I saw somebody came out with an anthology. It's really, it's really, really great. And, um, and his name was on it. And I was like, how did they get him to write a story? 
for their anthology. Uh, the anthology took place in Maine. Yes. No, they did not. It's a reprint anthology. And I was like, that's cheating. That's yeah. that cheating. <laughs> that's cheating. Because he already published that. That's cheating. But yeah. someday, you know, my, my life's goal is this is terrible. But I have a bucket list like everybody. And one of the things on my bucket list is so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm such a freaking Stephen King psycho. My bucket list includes to know his personal cell phone number. <gasps> that is a great goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. Never, I'm not call it just to have it. Just to have it. That's the, that's the I, bucket list. I want you to know that I have Doug Jones' cell phone number in my phone, and I do text him. I don't call him because really? he's too busy, but I do text him, and he does text back. And it's Wait a wonderful. minute. Why hasn't he been on this show? So I've read. So th- let's talk about that later. So the- <laughs> okay, the other crabs may have his job back. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now I can be epic because Krebs sucks. <laughs> Ouch. You, you're not far off. Now, right. uh, speaking of Stephen King, are you guys aware that there is a Quantum Leap episode that features yep. Stephen King? Yep. Yep. I own every episode of Quantum Leap. Yeah, uh, and okay. I'm excited because they're bringing it back. Other, <gasps> they are. They are. I, I don't know if they can do it as good in the 2020s as they did back then. Yeah. No. So basically, the premise is there's a new group that's going to find Sam Beckett because he disappeared at the end of the series. Mm-hmm. We don't know where he went, and they're yeah, he they're going to find him. They're going to find him yeah. and bring him back. Um, and so, yeah, uh, he oh. earned his retirement. They do yeah. not need to go get, of course they will get him back. And then Scott Bakula will be like, so Scott Bakula back. is reprising his role. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they that's have, a brilliant idea. I had that. I had that idea like a year ago. I was like, man, someone got to redo quantum leap. This is a good <laughs> show. Yeah. The, it's not going to be a redo. It's going to be a continuation of the story, which I think it's, a, it's great. I love it. Let's make it happen. The only problem. Leap is we don't have al so yeah. no more dean stockwell yeah that is really frustrating yeah i was really sad about that yeah but maybe we'll yeah. still have ziggy <laughs> ziggy? Heck yeah. yeah ziggy was the guy that was that was, ziggy the was guy. yeah it was like the computer yeah well no. he talked to ziggy through the computer yeah i know but he was like not even a part it's not even like a person no, they, they showed, showed up. Was he like in the first episode that. or like in the last he was episode? Cast. The, yeah. Yeah, he was. yeah. Googly eyes and curly hair with a receding His hair. hair is always kind of wiry. Oh, and... okay. Yeah, we, yeah, we I saw know. him in the final season when him and Al swapped places and he got to go back. Yes. And see his wife. But, yeah. But okay, so you did your previous Kickstarter. It went it went super duper well. Super duper well. Went super well. Yeah. How well are we talking? Um, it was two hundred and I don't know, some odd percent, like 220% funders. Nice. It's like doubly, it was more doubly than doubled. Mm-hmm. It was more than yeah. doubly funded. And now we so, have Mother uh, Tales of Love and Terror. Go ahead, okay? So I'm curious about, um, you called me okay. Uh, uh, I'm curious about, uh, we always hear the, the, the lead up uh, and the, the pitch for the Kickstarter. And when they're really successful, like yours was, what was that like? And what happens after? Did you, did, like Pedro, did all of your dreams come true? Uh, I mean, you got, you got to put out this book. You had a lot of, you got this, these writers and these stories uh, exposed to this massive audience, which is fantastic. What else happened behind the scenes? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Um, I don't know, like how much, I, the, the fact is, is that my life kind of exploded. <laughs> <laughs> My life exploded like in like almost the exact minute that the Kickstarter ended. So like the Kickstarter ends, it's great. We we're funded like 210% or whatever. We, we, you know, make like $13,000 um, for this book, which is awesome. And then um, we open up submissions and we had like 400, over 400 submissions for the 10 slots that we had open for the book. And they were all fantastic. And uh, I, and like, you know, it was, I started reading the stories and then I found out that I had cancer and my life kind of exploded. <laughs> so that's what happened in the back end. 
So I took some time to kind of deal with the fact that I had some cancer, just yeah. a little scotch of it. And, um, <laughs> and, and by scotch, I mean a lot. So um, <laughs> I, had a, I had a lot of it all over the place. And uh, so I took some time to kind of deal with that and uh, shaved my head, got some chemo, uh, you know, as you do. And then, um, and then I kind of got back in the thick of it after I decided that I was, yes, indeed, going to live forever. Uh, nice. After I decided that cancer was dumb and I don't want to have it anymore. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's what happened. But uh, as far as like the nuts and bolts of putting together the anthology, basically, it really was we make the money, we get the stories, we read for a month until our eyes start bleeding. And then once your eyes feel like they should probably be put on ice somewhere in a different realm, then um, then you pick the ones you like the best, which we did. And we had this amazing anthology. It was really, really great um, and just fantastic. And then it was a matter of just getting everybody's rewards out to them, which is kind of a big deal when you have a Kickstarter is you have to make sure everyone gets all the stuff that they ordered. And yeah. because we are a uh, one person show, uh, when it comes to rewards, all of the stuff basically came to my house in huge boxes. And then they sat in my living room for the next four months <laughs> while I packaged them up and sent them out by hand. I don't know if anybody, everybody knows that I'm the person who personally packaged every single package and sent it with love. Well, now they do. They know. Yeah. So just keep I'm this in mind. If you back Heather's Kickstarter, not a Heather, <laughs> then you will have your package packaged <laughs> by hand, by hand, and with love from Heather. Uh, I I was going to say no, be packaged by Heather when you said by hand. <laughs> not a real hand not, no, a, um, hand. <laughs> not a real hand okay so given that this genre is is horror mm -hmm. now based on something that you said there were there any stories about bleeding eyes in the first book no but the first book implies <laughs> so anyway yeah. so, so the you, next the next book we don't know we don't yes so that's yeah. what this next. So that's what this Kickstarter is is about, right? Is this mm -hmm. is this volume two of the anthology, oh, or is no. it a different thing? It's totally different. different. Yeah. So the first anthology was, uh, which was called a Humans Are the Problem, a Monsters Anthology. It looks like this. Humans are the problem. <laughs> yep. It looks so. Humans cool. are the problem. Monsters anthology, and uh, it was really fun. It was kind of cheeky. We had some really, we had some really funny stories. I know you guys ordered a book. I know you did. One of you has a book. So you have read some of it. But it, it, there's some really funny stories in it. There's some kind of darker stories in it. This anthology is quite a bit darker than our yeah. first anthology. It is actually a, a kind of a literary horror anthology because our last anthology um, got kind of picked. Anyway, a bunch of really cool stuff happened. Our anthology got picked uh, to be long listed for the Stoker Award for Anthology mm. for the year. And the Stoker Award is run, that's run by the Horror Writers Association of America, yeah. right? the Horror Writers Association. So they chose our anthology to put on their list of top 10 anthologies that everyone needed to read. And then they picked the short list, but we didn't make the short list. But this year, this year, we're going to write an anthology that is fire. Like, it's really good. I, I, I keep telling people this, like, I'm like, you liked the anthology last year? Huh. Let me just tell you. Like this one is really good. It's really good. And it's going to be really, really, really good. Um, and it's going to be really scary. And But our thing as a company, Weird Little Worlds, which is kind of my, my brainchild here, our thing is we write horror uh, so far. And this anthology is horror, science fiction, and fantasy. So it's not just horror. It actually, it, it spans the gamut of kind of all the things that we do here. Um, but we're a PG-13 and a, a company. So we, we want to tell really great stories. We want them to be scary and, and, and fun. But we also don't do gratuitous violence. Uh, we don't do profanity, like excessive profanity. We don't do sex. So we don't do any of those things. Because I really want, I love horror. I love it very, very much. Like it's my, it's my jam and it always has been. 
Um, but I don't really, I don't like reading really, um, like edgy fiction is not really for me. Like um, Slatterpunk's not really my thing. Yeah. But I do love horror. I love a really, really good, scary tor- a story well told. That's what I like. Yes. And yeah. so that's what yeah. we're doing is we're writing a, an anthology of really, really scary stories that are well told. <clears throat> but that don't have all the stuff in there that I don't want to read. Yeah, right. Okay. Th- that can, this kind of continues a theme from the last episode that you mm-hmm. were on, where we were talking about how a lot of horror movies rely on some. Uh, I'm going to offend people. I don't care. Some cheap it. tricks. Yeah. To uh, to make them to make them work. Don't and you be mentioned cruel. Some of <laughs> hey, I just want you to want me, okay? Um, the uh, so the the splatterpunk stuff, the the gore porn, all that kind of stuff, uh, and of course, you know the uh, the slutty girls are the ones that get killed first, right? You got to throw sex in there because that's how you sell a, a movie, perhaps. But it really does kind of, for in, in most cases, you, you're there's so much focus on that. There's not a lot of energy to go into a story or a plot. Meanwhile, you get some of these great classics, a classic horror suspense movies that don't need that to make them amazing and stories uh go the same way so i'm really glad to to hear that because i think that yeah this is that's going to make this anthology like you said fire right uh you know it's because there's a focus on on the on the story itself and when you can get literature to evoke some strong reaction because you're basically manipulating somebody else's imagination. You have to be a good writer to make that happen, uh, especially in a world where most of our entertainment is kind of coming through a, uh, a visual uh, medium. So be able to do this is, is, is incredible. So that, I think yeah. it's gonna be great. Yeah, one more thing I, I wanna- Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, one more thing I wanna say is I really love the idea of this anthology. Um, cause I know there, there, there's, there's two kind of readers out there and one of them will read anything because they're always looking for the next new thing and they don't care if they come across something that's really not that great. They'll just move on to the next thing. Then there's people like me, and I don't think I'm the only one out there who gets so invested in the people that we read and in the literature. I find an author that I like and I'll read everything that he or she puts out. Right. Um, you know, after after uh, Anne McCaffrey passed, I'm still reading her son's continuation of the the Pern series and things like that. Um, that was Pern with an E, by the way, in case yes. somebody misheard me. Anyway. Uh, yes, he's a pornographer. <laughs> he's absolutely that serious. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, McCaffrey is the pornographer, <laughs> oh, that's the writer true. of Pern. But anyway, um, and so when I find it, uh, these anthologies are great because you get a sample. You get a sample of a number of great authors. And I've, I've found some good anthologies before um, it, going through a similar vein of, of self-funded, get this stuff out there uh, and I'll read through them. And they're just short and you can find something like, this is a really great concept, this idea. Or you find an author and you say, I really, really like that. Uh, and that's kind of how I discovered uh, Jim Butcher. And then I got into the Harry Dresden files, right? Is that he showed up in an anthology that happened to have Robert Jordan. So of course I had to buy it uh, and read the whole thing. But anyway, your anthology idea, I mean, if the first one was, was really, really good, the setting of this one is gonna be even better this is this is just fantastic yeah and the truth is is that um i agree i i personally i love short fiction it's like it really is the thing i love most i love short fiction i love horror short fiction and um and so it really like having the opportunity to do this as a job um is really like a dream come true because not only do I get to read all of these stories that are just really, really, really great, um, but I get to work with people who I like idolize. Like I just love Gemma Files. I think she is brilliant. And the the story she wrote for us last year actually was put into Best Horror of the Year Volume 13, which is oh, Ellen wow. Datlow's. Um, that's what she puts out every year. It's that's like the quintessential. This is what you have to read every year. Like her story from last year got put into that anthology which is like the anthology and it's so like that it was such a big deal to me because 
I love Gemma. I, I totally worship her. I think she's amazing. I love Ellen Datlow. I think she's amazing. They're like the, some of my two favorite women in horror. And, and because of all of that, you know, I've had a chance to, and now I'm going to, I've worked with John Langan, who I absolutely adore. He's just brilliant writer. I have worked with Philip Fricasse, who I love. I'm working this, this year with Brian Evanson, who like, like, I just, I can't tell you, <laughs> I just can't tell you how great he is. And then also like all of these really kind of up and coming writers who are really very, very, um, very talented, Mercedes Murdoch Yardley and I Jung and Christina Singh, um, uh, just incredible, like just incredible writers, um, Shane, um, Shane Hawk and Steve Toast. Steve Razik Tem, who's not up and coming, like he's legit. Like he is, he won the World Fantasy Award. He's won the Stoker Award. He just is really a fantastic writer all around. And just uh, so many people, I, I can't tell, talk about everybody. But the truth is, is that the list is amazing. The writing cali caliber is just next level. And, um, and, and my co-editor, Christy Nogle, who was actually in Humans of the Problem, She's a really phenomenal editor and I'm so excited to work with her because she has a really good literary eye. Um, I loved her story in Humans of the Problem and if you haven't read it, please go and read it. It is really, really good. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just really, really, really good. So anyway, it's gonna be a really, really great anthology and the stories that we have so far are just out of this world. They're just so scary and beautiful and that's what I want something scary and beautiful and haunting that just stays with you and teaches you forever. I now, love it. Do you already have all the stories that you're going to have for this anthology? Are they already like all locked down or is it still growing? Yeah. So we have 15 featured authors and so far we have five open spots and that's what we will, we'll fill those from our um, open submissions, which actually opened last week. So we are currently taking submissions in the first two days we already had like 80 submissions so we have lots of stories <laughs> to read through um and as soon as we get funded we'll start reading them so um we just have to get there and uh, i keep i keep getting emails and kickstarter like you're probably gonna fund we 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 hope that you know we hope you're aware that you should probably be working on your stuff because likely you're gonna fund. so we are really we're shooting for not just funding, like, like funding is great. And we are really close to funding, which is great. We have two weeks and we have $2,000 left to make, which we, you know, we're appreciative of all of you supporting it. Yes. Um, but if we can hit $10,000, then, um, then we actually can open up five more additional slots, which is really what we want. We would rather have a, an anthology that has about 25, to 30 stories and um, we can only do that if we get the funding for it though no that's awesome <clears throat> so basically everyone go on the kickstarter just go go type it in put in your yeah put in your <laughs> go do it they're only they're only 20 bucks like they're 23 dollars, and they're great such a great book yeah now, no it, it does neat. mention that you'll be printing paperback will you also be printing hardcover we have to reach the stretch so and how do we do that you just have to you just have to give us more money than no, we're asking I just meant, for I, I just meant like which goal <laughs> I, i'm going through the kickstarter right now i'm trying to find oh it. yeah the, the stretch goal for the hardcovers um i think is also at ten thousand. actually yeah. i'd have to look at it again yep but hardcovers I think unlocked at 10k yeah and at ten thousand. so really when we hit ten thousand, like i know yeah that's the thing we really we really we really need to get to 10 10 grand that's really where we need to be um, and as soon as we get there, then we get to open up our extra stories. We get to open up the hard covers. There's all this extra cool stuff that we can send out. Um, I don't know. There's just, it, it's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, we definitely need all of the support because this is a book that we designed for you and you must purchase it from us first. So we talked about like the people in this anthology that are super cool people that you enjoyed working with. And I totally understand yeah. that. But in terms of like the theme itself and the stories that you've read, what makes this anthology important to you? Ooh. You know, I actually have been thinking a lot about that. Like 
why is this the idea that I have wanted to do so much? Um, I love my mother. I, I like adore her. <laughs> um, and I think most people do. I think this is one of the reasons why it's such an interesting anthology. I think people love their mothers, but, but there is something about a mother that is kind of, that is, that is scary in that you don't really know her. Like she's this person who has one face, one, like this one facet as your parent. And there are all of these things that I think that are hiding behind that, that facade. Like we see the mother part of that person, but we don't really know who she was when she was 20. You know, we weren't there. We don't know that those stories. And then there's also kind of this intrinsic power dynamic where you have this person who is forming souls and minds and, and, and in charge of protecting and, and what if something goes wrong? But I also like, I don't know, I could honestly talk about this forever, but I also like the idea of fooling around with the idea of motherhood. Like I want stories about, you know, robot mothers or creatures that, you know, that are protecting their progeny. Uh, you know, I think of alien a lot, actually. I think mm -hmm. that she, like that mother is this a mother whose story I'd like to hear. I want to hear that story, you know, like what's her perspective on her, on her uh, role as a mom. And, and then I also like the idea of motherhood of, from different perspectives, you know, from different cultures, from, I want to hear, you know, What's a male centric story about a mother? What's that relationship like? Like I just, there's so much, everyone has a mom and there's so much room to play in it to tell kind of an interesting, you know, story that sticks to your ribs. So, yeah. That, that is so intriguing. Um, I think there's a really deep human element to what you're saying there. Uh, I, building on what you said, I mean, as, as kids, we, we look at our mother and, you know, all powerful, all knowing, how did she see that? I thought I was going to get away with it. You know, that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then you grow up and you become an adult. Maybe you have kids of your own. And all of a sudden you start having a lot of the same parental experiences that you remember your mom having with you. Mm -hmm. uh, corollary to that, you end up having that the mother's curse becomes real. You ended up having kids just like you. Yeah. Uh, but you go through this and you look at all the times when I tuck my kids in bed and they're safe and they're happy. I kiss them on their little foreheads. And then I go downstairs to pay the bills and bite my nails and worry about where the money is going to come. You know, and I'm realizing, oh my gosh, this is what my mother went through. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I look back on things and go, why did she have this hang up? You know, why was she, why was this particular thing so hard for her to deal with? Why did I always hit a brick wall when we got to this topic? And then as an adult with adult eyes, you look back and you realize the traumas and experiences that she had and went through, mm -hmm. and you realize oh, this makes a whole lot more sense now. And I was kind of being a jerk about it when I was, when I was a kid. And so in a sense, I mean, it's not like horror, horror, but it's kind of horrifying on a personal level. The more that you understand, and I guess there might be, maybe there's an element of shame in there that you didn't understand it when it mattered. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much to explore there, especially in a, a, a fantasy or a fictional setting that you could draw, I think, some pretty poignant um, horror aspects into an amazing story. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think, I mean, the reason why both of these anthologies, honestly, the, both of these anthologies have been born from stories that I have actually written. Like, what I do is sometimes I, I find a, a concept or a topic and I write a story or I feel, I find myself writing stories around that topic. And I realize, oh, this is the thing that I, has broken inside of me. <laughs> There's something wrong with me and I should probably work it out or whatever. And then um, I realized that, that that is probably something that's broken inside a lot of people, right? Like, relationships with with parents is always a hard thing um but it's not really just about the brokenness I really feel like I also want to see mothers doing 
protagging. Basically, I want to see mothers doing things that are exciting. I want to see them fighting monsters. I want to see them saving kids. I want to see them saving the world. I want to see them doing witchcraft. I want to see them, you know, drinking blood. I want to see moms doing things that are usually only reserved for young adult fantasy. I want to see them doing exciting things. It's Molly Weasley coming after Bellatrix the Strange, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly right. So I think it's going to be super cool. And uh, and there's so much room to play around. I think that if there are writers out there who are like, you know, this sounds like something that I could do. This sounds like a like a like a project I'd like to take on, a challenge. I say go for it because we're only looking for like a thousand to three thousand words these are little stories they're not they're not big uh and if you want to just take a whack at it i mean you know what what are you gonna lose it's gonna take you like a week and a half to write that story just write it yeah write something cool great no this sounds like a, a great great anthology and people that love horror or even people that don't love horror i mean sometimes a good horror story is fun to the to read and, and to experience that i mean that's the reason why haunted houses are s- still around because people want that thrill that excitement just for a little bit and the fact that you don't have to invest through an entire novel you could just get it in bite-sized chunks you know read a story here or there mm-hmm. um or find something fantastic and amazing. So, folks, go fund the Kickstarter. So it's Mother, Tales of Love and Terror. Um, and yes, go fund this. Get them up to that 10,000 mark. So that not only can you get more stories, but you can also get an awesome hardback um, to sit on your shelf. And beyond that, just keep funding it until they just hit other stretch goals, because that's how awesome this would be. So we will share out the link um, if uh, when we post the show. Uh, so you'll be able to access it that way. But if you Google search it, you'll find it. So with that said, we are going to hand it over to the original Krebs of the show. Maybe not the original Krebs of the family. <laughs> to introduce your original the- Krebs, you're okay now. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> nice. To- that was good. We're gonna- Introduce Willow to the lightning round because when we went back and and looked, the lightning round happened the episode after she was last on the the show. So she has never experienced the lightning round. And thus, I hand the torch over. Yes. As luck would have it, the very next episode was when the lightning round really started to take shape. And so now with the reappearance of... Do I do I say her real name or uh, with the reappearance of our guest, we we can now do we can now do the lightning round with Heather. Not, a oh, Heather. not a Heather. I was no. wait, I set it up for you guys. I set up and I sat there. I and she had to Heather. bail us. Out. I had to do it, you guys. Come on, get on it. Uh, I'm in charge of the whiteboard. Way to go, Mims. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, okay, so for the lightning round, I'm just going to ask you a series of questions. Most of them are random. I want you to give me the very first answer that pops into your head. I don't want you to have to think about it very much. A lot of these are very, very, very simple questions. So you don't have to feel any pressure. You don't have to feel any stress except just be fast. All right, so here we go. Ready? You ready? Uh, yes. Awesome. What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite movie? Swords. Wait, say it again? <laughs> I just said words. I just said swords. Swords. Words. I'm not even thinking. <laughs> this is this favorite is, movie. Swords. Her favorite movie is Swords. I like this. This is great. I, I, think, I, no, like a, I think she has knives out. Maybe. <laughs> Blue seven arm. Uh, Bos Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. All right. So. <laughs> okay, I'll try again. Favorite uh, movie is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, that's a that's a great one. Uh, yeah. Number one place you'd like to visit but have not yet? Ireland. Favorite place you have been to? Hawaii. And finally, what is your stance on the 1983 sci-fi fantasy film, Kroll? Kroll? K-R-U-L-L. 
I've never seen it. Awesome. So it just so happens that in the not too distant future, we will be having a watch party and you're invited. Yay. I would love to come. That sounds awesome. Is it awesome? Is it great? Uh, it is phenomenally underappreciated. Okay, are you? Here's the best part. Yeah, I, that's bad. I, I highly invite you to watch the trailer because the trailer is the worst trailer on the planet. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I no, do, no, no. I, no, no. I love. The trailer I, for Ator is worse. But the trailer for Ator <laughs> is accurate. Um, <laughs> I, I do love crappy movies. I love hilariously bad movies. But Kroll is not one of those for me. For me, genuinely, 100%. I love this movie. And you, one of your, I, I, am I not correct that one of your favorite movies is Willow? Oh, yes, it is. Okay. Because you... my name is Willow. <laughs> yeah, well. Not Heather. <laughs> not a not Willow. A I'm sorry. Heather. Not a Heather. <laughs> not, a Heather. <laughs> not an actual no one. All right. Not uh, an no. actual no one. So, so the, if you like Willow and if you like that era of sword and sorcery, this yes. film takes uh, quite a bit of that formula and combines it with the successful aspects of sci-fi at that time it's a great romp through cinematic history a young liam neeson is in it a young oh, yeah. robbie coltrane before he was hagrid it's wonderful stuff we're going to have some great conversations around this i think that you would love it i will when is when this is happening because you keep when saying it's going to happen you've been saying for a year now that... so we will talk about this uh, behind the scenes, we will come up with an answer to this because I do keep bringing this up, but we don't have anything solid yet. There are so yeah. many things, dungeon crawlers. There are so many things that we want to do, and we just haven't shoehorned it into our nine to five schedule. But we need to. Oh, you know what we? You know what we didn't mention? What we didn't mention? Monster class. Oh my gosh, we didn't mention monster class, and it was on the list of things that we had to talk about. Oh my gosh, Heather, Heather, no. not a Heather, a Heather. <laughs> monster class okay. uh, all together now well, wait 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 which, not which, a Heather yeah, yeah that one I was going to say okay. which part are we doing the Heather or the not a Heather it doesn't matter Willow tell us yeah, about Willow. monster class monster class is great so every year right around our Kickstarter we do this cool mini conference it's a, a conference that we do with the authors our featured authors and this year it is phenomenal Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, because of the mothers. It's, that's why it's phenomenal. Okay. Uh, phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> phenomenal. That's right. So this year, it's I'm actually a week. from. So it's, I'm not going to say that. It is April 28th, 29th, and 30th. And um, it is free. And it features our incredible, um, our incredible writers, which is awesome. And so we have on the 28th, we have um, size does matter. Hey, how flash short, short fiction novels, novellas, and how we all write them different. So we'll be talking about size and how to figure out what size your your story should be. Um, and then we have on uh, on Friday we have writing real and developing inclusive, deep, and compelling characters. And then on the thirtieth we have the stories that shaped us, the best 10 pieces of short fiction ever. Nice. So, these will be really, these are going to be really, really cool. Um, these are going to be really cool sessions. Uh, they are all free and um, they're just going to be great. Like if you were to go to, if you were going to, if you're going to get the same level of like information and be in like listening on this same kind of conversation, you'd have to pay you know, $300 to go to SoakerCon or World Horror Con if it was around still. Like, <laughs> because these people are just, they're brilliant. They are great at writing short fiction. That's the reason why we have them in the anthology. And they're going to tell us and tell, you know, people who are there watching how to be a better writer. It's just free. We like doing it. We like, you know, showing off our, um, like showing off our authors and letting them talk for themselves and, it's really cool. So that's great. They those run, um, like I said, the 28th, 29th, and 30th, and they start at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, so and they only run for an hour. So they're just just regular conference sessions. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, thank you very much. Uh, For those of you who do not yet have a copy of Humans Are the Problem, you can get that on Amazon. If you don't yet have a copy of Mother Tales of Love and Terror, it's because it's still funding and you need to help fund it. So please go to Kickstarter and and get your copy that way. And if you have time toward the end of April, if you have make some time, have a window of time to attend the Monster Class Conference on the 28th, 9th and 30th. Yes. Yeah. And the best part is if you fund this, maybe we'll stop calling her Heather. Because she's not a Heather. Not a Heather. <laughs> so will, will you? How many uh, did we get? Did you ever did you check? Well then we started like not a Heathering over the top of each other. And so there's definitely <laughs> like four or five in there that didn't get counted. Yeah, they didn't get counted. No, they got counted. We're at twenty seven. Yes. <laughs> twenty seven. That's a really good number. I like that. That that's my See, birthday. <laughs> oh. I, you see, you, you guys have had the uh, the the privilege of meeting Willow uh, before, uh, and so, but but this was my first podcast with you. So I was just kind of, you know, I was kind of thinking here, hey Willow, I, I just met you, and and this is crazy. But if I back your Kickstarter, can I call you Heather? Maybe. Oh <laughs> my! Not Heather. If you back the Kickstarter, you can call me Janet Lee. You can call me whatever you want, friend. Right, Maybe we can advance to Laurel or something. Yeah, <laughs> advance to Laurel. Oh, or just cut. call me. You call me Nelwyn. Or <laughs> it would be more rude to call you Daikini. So I think you're probably right on that one. Any yeah. of the other names that Krebs called her last time? Out of the way, Peck. All right. So All with right. that said, we're going to wrap this up at 28. Fun the Kickstarter. <laughs> Other tales of love and terror make Willow happy, yeah, and get a fantastic book in the process. So, folks, with that said, we're out of here. And crawlers, gather your fears, phobias, and night terrors, and tell your story, whatever may come. And whether you are a super duper horror fan or you cower under the blankets like every other human being, always remember to be epic and don't suck. She's not a Heather. Remember, the Force will be with you always.